If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. In this magnificent episode of the Mind Pump. It's majestic. Look, mm. for the first 48 minutes, uh, we don't talk too much about fitness, but we do have some fun introductory conversation. Here's what we talked about in that first part of the episode. We start out by talking about gym wars. Ooh. All the times we were competing with other gyms and all the ways we defeated them in warfare. Uh, then I talk about the annual father-daughter dance. I'm going to take my daughter to that tonight. It's going to be a lot of fun. I have a great time there. We talk about celebrities and aging a little bit there. A little bit offensive, too. <laughs> uh, Some of that might be edited out. We'll we, see. We talked about one of our listeners and how they use the Everlywell at-home hormone test to see how her nutrition, sleep, and workout could positively influence her hormones and actually gave us some pretty crazy insight. Look, uh, Everlywell is one of our sponsors. They sell at-home hormone tests and food sensitivity tests. If you go to Everlywell, E-V-E-R-L-Y-W-E-L-L.com, and if you use the code MINDPUMP, you'll get 15% off any test. Then we talked about Jeff Bezos and the National Enquirer blackmail. Mm. Really crazy. Um, Jeff's a gangster. I'm on his side. Uh, Then I mentioned the Organifi Gold Chocolate Juice. That is amazing. I mixed it with macadamia uh, milk. I don't even know they made that until Doug gave it to me. Now it's my favorite thing in the world. Gold juice is fantastic. Right before you go to bed, there's compounds in there that relax the body, reduce inflammation. Turkey tail is in there. Turmeric is in there. Very healthy. Good stuff. Uh, Organifi is one of our sponsors. If you go to Organifi.com forward slash mind pump and use the code mind pump, you'll get 20% off. Then we get into the fitness portion of this episode. The first fitness question that we answer is, is there any benefit to performing a squat from the bottom position? In other words, instead of lowering into a squat and coming up, you start on the bottom and then come up. Is there a benefit or is it the same thing? Next question, is there a genetic potential and limit for skill? So we talk all about what your genes uh, make you good at, what they don't make you good at, what that potential looks like. and Was if, your mom lying to you? And if you should or shouldn't focus on those things. Uh, the mailman was kind of buffed. Yeah. The next fitness question, we had an interview recently with John Brankus. Great interview. You should check that out. And he sold us on the idea of men and women competing in the same category did that change our mind on whether or not trans women uh, are at an advantage when they compete in the women's division in CrossFit? For example, because CrossFit now allows trans competitors to compete in their gender uh, chosen uh, category. So we have a nice discussion there. And then finally, we share some of our favorite past client success stories. Really touching, uh, gets emotional. It's a it's a really fun part of the episode. Also, I want to remind everybody that this month, MAPS Performance is 50% off. Now, we went into designing MAPS Performance. The goal was to design a program that would get people to move, function, and look like a balanced athlete, like an athlete that has a full spectrum of performance. So what does that mean? Agility. That means strength. That means power. That means good mobility. That means endurance. Like basically all of the physical pursuits you can think about are maximized with MAPS performance. And what ends up happening is it ends up producing bodies that look 
like they can move. Okay, so if you picture a ancient Greek sculpture, when you look at the, the 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 sculptures of the gods, what do they look like? Well, they're muscular, but they're not overbearingly muscular. They have amazing core musculature. They've got nice legs, good hips. Hips are very important for for sports. Good shoulders and arms. They look balanced. They look amazing. Picture some of the best athletes in the world, what they look like with their shirts off. That's the kind of results MAPS performance produces. It trains you. That's all I'm thinking about now. You're welcome. It trains you in different planes of motion, so it's not just your traditional squat, bench press, row, deadlift, that kind of stuff. You're rotating, you're twisting, you're jumping, you're moving from high to low, low to high. You're moving fast in some movements, slow in others. You're focusing on mobility. It is a very different workout. It is not boring. It is not like traditional workouts. It's one of the ones that we get the best reviews on. Again, it's 50% off. All you got to do is go to mapsfitnessproducts.com and use the code GREEN50, G-R-E-E-N-5-0. And on that site, you can also find our other MAPS programs for different people and different goals. Go check them out. Have you guys ever, because obviously you, you, you both worked in management and gyms and stuff, have you ever had a competitor play try to play dirty with you and then you just fire back at them? Well, it used to be <laughs> it used to be really popular when I first started to fl- to have flyer wars where oh, I remember. you, you uh, would go to, you take you rip theirs off and replace well, it. Well, yeah, you would just go just I mean, rip them off. I mean, it was like a it was like this rule like hey, you don't come into my parking lot and mm-hmm. flyer your gym in my gym parking lot. That's just like a no-no. And if someone does that, then you just, okay, now you just rain down Bro, on do you know I remember mean? collecting a ton of those. Yeah. And then just littering it like inside their gym. Dude, well, what was you- cool was with at 24, you know, I had a lot of uh, autonomy. And so I could do things like, or I would give away like free shit. Like, oh, if you have a membership at Right Stuff, come over here and I'll give you a month for free, you know, just for yeah. having <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's like, okay, we'll play dirty. Bro, totally. I, did, I did that. So when I was down in Palm Desert, in uh, Palm Springs, and I had a gym down there with uh, with my buddy, there was a gold gym that was in Cathedral City. So we were in Palm Desert. The gold gym was in Cathedral City. And they, somebody from there put some flyers in our parking lot. And I'm the kind of person, like, if you're, if you start that, I, I get my I get excited. Like, okay, we can <laughs> we're gonna do this. Cool, yeah, right? So my gym, there theirs was a golds, and it was it was a smaller golds, but golds is what is it? Weights, and that's it. Weights, cardio, locker rooms. My facility had weights, cardio, locker rooms, but we also had rock climbing. We had a swimming pool. We had a racquetball. You know, we had a, a sports bar. It was like a more like a country club than there was. So you, we have all the weights. We had a great weight area, and then some, and then some, right? So I'm like, oh, this is awesome. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to flyer your parking lot and give every single person who brings in a membership card from your gym a free month. And after that month, they're going to pay half the dues that they're paying with. All they have to do is bring their paper showing how much you're, they're char- you're, you're charging them or charge them half a month after they get uh, the, free, the free access. Killed them. So I had destroyed, it. <laughs> destroyed them. Oh, and then it got, it got worse. Then I sent some of my trainers over there. And I gave, I had my trainers buy a membership there, and I said, I want you to take their, because here's my advantage as a personal, as someone who started out in fitness as a personal trainer, but then later on managed gyms, is I knew the blood, I knew what the heart a beat of the gym was, and the heartbeat of a gym is the staff, and if you could take their best staff, you'll kill their gym. So I went over there, I had my my trainers go over there, and I had them take their aerobics classes, their Group X classes, mm-hmm. their top classes. Mm-hmm. And I said, start scouting. I said, see who the instructors are where the classes are packed. Yep. Go up to those instructors, 
get their names and numbers. I'll pay them 10 more bucks an hour, and I'll have them teach over here. And, of course, all their students <laughs> followed them because they also got a free membership and paid you know half their dues. Murdered them. Yeah. They're, the guy, the main owner, because then I would fly You just parking. opened up a cancer. Oh, bro, it was a beatdown. I flyered his parking lot so often. At one point, he got so mad, bro. He busts in our front door with three garbage bags full of our flyers and just throw them, <laughs> just throws them and walks out. That's great. So mad. I was laughing so hard. Oh, it was a, it was a terrible. That's great. Yeah, it was good times. Well, we used to do we used to do some shit like that. You know, I actually when we I don't know if you guys know this or not, but when we were going through that beef with uh, Joe Donnelly way back when, I re- I was talking to Casey, our marketing guy, and one of the things that we almost did was to direct t- directly target his audience and if you had already been paying a monthly membership with him offer like some ridiculous discount to our programs and it, i just we took the high road we didn't do that but yeah, that yeah. would have just buried his ass and i was like ah, it's all good we won't do that you know yeah. but i we you know it was there was a point there when he was really starting to rub me the wrong way cuz i was like this dude just is not going to go away here i can't believe he's going to he's going to fucking make threats and do shit like that and i thought okay so I remember calling Casey up and saying, hey, how hard would it be to target all of his followers uh, with direct advertising to them and give them some like crazy deal if you already are paying them mm. a monthly membership for them that we would give them free access yeah. or give them h- half off or something? He's like, oh, we could absolutely. Well, there's ways. Yeah, we could yeah. absolutely do that. Yeah. <laughs> there's always I, ways. I'd rather not you yeah. know, play those games. I mean, they can get, they can get fun and exciting. That's a young man's game. Yeah, it, it, I'd rather not. I'd rather everybody just compete. And, and you know, that's part of competition anyway, though. That's not. There's yeah. nothing illegal about that. There's nothing. Not only is it not illegal, I should say, it's uh, there's being a good sport. But if people raise the bar, then you can. No, you did raise the did bar. you see the? Uh, was it not Coors? Who did? The, what beer was it that did the? That was hammering the other two for the corn syrup. The oh, is that what they were doing? Is it yeah, course? I, that's I think why it was they course. came out with that. I hadn't seen something. Is it like, organic or they did a they did a they did the it was a, a medieval thing and he's and he's returning this huge barrel of corn syrup and he rolls up to the first one and he's like Coors is this yours and then they're like oh no we have our corn syrup already it's great but it's like they literally campaign against uh, two of the biggest uh, <laughs> beer companies that is brilliant that's old school that is so smart because corn syrup is so a lot of people don't like it now it's kind of got a, it's kind of a dirty word now yeah right. and boy that's a good one no i thought it was brilliant i think it's totally brilliant but that it's is, it's a i mean we'll see if it starts like a war between that uh, is very b- between all of them no i like to i like to be cool and and, and you know compete normally and, and you know if we are if we're better great if you're better great and yeah and, and that's that those little tactics don't they work in the short term but they don't mm. work in the long term if you don't no, have a good it's all product, about raising the bar yeah if you're not doing your job of like having a superior product or whatever service that you're providing you ain't gonna last you're well, not gonna last i was really close to doing it because i don't think it's uh i don't think it's really dirty because i knew what our message was well we would keep all those people right oh, yeah. what was happening already was a lot of people that had been following his crazy workouts of you know 54 plus sets in a in a workout you know, they were getting hammered. All and natural. Th- yeah, and then they were coming over and they were following like one of our programs and they were seeing all these crazy results. So I knew if we gave a program for free or a ridiculous price to all these people that they would see these great results. Oh, mm-hmm. there's the commercial right yeah, there. It's, it's Bud it's, Light. It's, to be clear, Bud Light is not brewed with corn syrup. And you know what's great about that, by the way? This is how smart they are. They didn't even say corn syrup's bad because if they said that, they would have got fucked yeah. because then they, people would have gone after them for... 
All they did was say no, they let the consumer come to conclusions. It's already presented. Yep, it's already a dirty word, uh, and people don't want to hear that their beer is made with corn syrup. Yeah, it, it kind of even sounds gross to a beer drinker, even if somebody's not in the whole wellness, you know, sphere. No, I thought this was brilliant. That's yeah. very very smart. Yeah. Anyway, no, I dude, you know it. what I got going on tonight? Hmm. Tonight, Which, yeah, tonight, dude. What do you got? Special one of my favorite days of the year for me. It's uh, the annual father-daughter Ooh. dance. Oh, shit. That's already here again? Yeah, that's tonight, wow. dude. What are you doing? You can get so, all suited and booted I, or what? God, I love it. You know, it's so funny. My So every year, my kid's school does this uh, father-daughter dance. And um, some schools are canceling these, by the way. How funny is that? What? Yeah, because it's uh, some kids don't have fathers. And, you know, maybe if, what if a mother oh, wants to do God. it? That's yeah, so stupid. Anyway. Thankfully, so then why not just let the mother do it in that case? They have a mother we have a mother son activity thing too. Oh, okay. But um anyway, our school still does it and I love it because it's a very special time for uh, my daughter and me and it's funny because the week leading up to the event, she acts so loving yeah. and so you know uh she's so like touchy feely. Yeah, doing, you know, her thing and then she'll draw me a picture or she'll come play with me or she'll hug me. <laughs> Or you know, give me a kiss or whatever. And so it's like this. It's just like this week leading up to it. I could tell she's super excited that we're gonna do this thing. It's so great. Now, so, anything different nice. this year than you've done in the previous years? No, we're doing the we're going to dinner with her friends um, and the and the friends' dads. Um, and then afterwards, you know, I get her a corsage every year. Uh-huh. I started that the first year, so she puts that on. You, you were talking about potentially doing the limo. Did you? Did I thought about that. Xnay that. Do you, you think know, it's too much? I think I'm gonna do that. When you're saving that. I'm saving that yeah. for maybe the last year. I think that's the move. Yeah, because the school goes up to eighth grade, and so I think I'm saving it for when she's in eighth grade. And she's then I'll six, get a, six or six right now. She and she's nine years old. So what is that? Yeah, third that is, grade. Okay, third oh. grade. So <laughs> Adam has no idea. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. what does that mean to Whatever. me? Whatever. Yeah, yeah, high school. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, no, so I, I'm I'm thinking in eighth grade I'll do a limo with for her and all her friends. Or yeah, that makes like that. sense. That makes sense. To yeah, wait for that. but but because oh. then how do you top that if you yeah. do that? This yeah. Year? So this is a kind of lead up. This to is that. a Disney theme. So we went to the Disney store. We got because it's a whole process. Oh, go, so what are you going to be? Yes, I pick out her dress. Oh, I just wore nice. I'm just wearing nice clothes. You know, you give me oh. Prince Charming. No, no. Oh, no, dude, no. it'd be great if you did a character. No, yeah, no. dude, Aladdin. You should be Aladdin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, why? Because I'm brownish. <laughs> yeah. No, I. I, I that or Jafar. Jafar. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 One or the other. No, it's cool, man. We picked out her dress and her shoes, and we're doing the whole thing, and it's it's going to be good. It's funny too because they get so psyched. When her and her friends see each other, you can already see the teenagers in them. They're not even teenagers yet, but they see each other. They all lose their shit. Yeah. They scream. They, ah, they run around. And then if a song comes on that they like, they lose their mind. Oh my God. And they all sing along and shit. And all me and, you know, me and the other dads just sit there like with our phones, you know, recording. It. <laughs> all right, here we go. Doug, yeah, what was the concert that I took you, you and Brie to? What was, who was that? Uh, there was Taylor Swift. Logic was there. Um, Is that the one that we all went together? No. What's the, what's oh, no. the what's the one that I went with you? Because I know I, there's one that I sent you and Bree. Then there was one that I went with you. I don't you. think we went together too. Yeah, we did go to one together. And because I remember watching the little girls sing. Oh, Lady Gaga. No. I think it's Lady Gaga. I don't remember. Wow. Hmm. I don't remember who it was. It was the first one that you and I went to, and we took Bree. And I was just the the concert was crazy. We were down below, really close. And the girls that are probably ages from like seven to thirteen or so in that range, just 
singing at the top of yeah, their lungs yeah. every word to see the, how excited they get and like whipping their hair around. The, oh my god, yeah. it was oh, crazy. Yeah. I never seen something like that before. It's so funny. Yeah, the fandom when you're that age is so much more strong. Yeah, like it, that, like all dies later on as we get older or whatever. But that's like remember like the new kids on the block and you know those times where like like people just had like hysteria over Dude, these artists. Kids lose their minds, but especially girls, especially girls lose their shit. Like, yeah, you ever it, watch? What is that? I don't know what it is. It's a, it's an interesting observation. But you ever watch? Um, old videos old like the Beatles, Beatles and yeah. shit, where girls Beatle are mania. Yeah, the teenage girls literally passing out. Yeah. Ah, and they pass out and shit because well, it's a celebrity. Our version. Well, look at the hooligans, right? Like the soccer fans that are out there. Like they're they waffle yeah. people through. Yeah, yeah. you know, like yeah. fences because yeah, they're so fucking crazy. Male fans don't scream and pass no, out. No, they just we beat like, the shit out of each other. Yeah, we get violent. Yeah, you know, we get all excited. <laughs> yeah, that's probably that's probably the parallel, right? Is boys with sports because I think you if you're a young boy, you're pretty fanatical like that with sports. Yeah, I don't. Know. What's the most fanatical event you guys have ever been to? Have you guys been to something like that? Where I'm telling you that the, I don't know. Remember the wrestling, uh, the WWE? Just watching people like interact with it was weird. Yeah, yeah that was interesting to me because that was a a, a a new experience being an adult. Like I went to that as a kid, and then I, I don't think it was as commercialized as it was as as adults. I I was floored by that it was like an eight hour event. And that it was broken up with all these commercials, yeah. all their own commercials, right? Yeah, yeah, with all their characters. And I thought that I mean, you got Taco, yeah, and they're big companies, Taco Bell and Bud Light, big commercial. But it's their commercial. Yeah, but it's like the characters from that. So everybody who's there is like, oh my god, you know, they you have uh, a stadium full of you know thirty thousand people. Yeah, so I was that was pretty crazy. But I, I you know, the the lady got. I keep saying Lady Gaga's. I think that's who it was, but maybe it wasn't. But one of those, one of those crazy teeny bopper singer girls, <laughs> teeny, you know? teeny bopper. Yeah, you sound like well, yeah. you sound like you sound like such old. Well, man she's man. at least got like real talent, you know, like it was pop star wise. Like she's she's up there. Well, man. I think that's she's why you. Pipes, that, I think that's why you have to be someone. You have to be to be that fanatical or it gets crazy. I don't know, man. Madonna. She doesn't have she's she's talented, but she doesn't sing very well. Uh, but in the eighties with Madonna, you had um, uh, Courtney won't like you for that statement. You, you, she, you don't I, think I you don't think Madonna's a good singer? No, do I not? Yeah, think? I mean it's she's, no, she's terrible. She's a terrible singer. She, but You're she's a, get some heat. She's a, no, 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 no. I'm talking about purely her voice, like her pure. Yeah. She's, no, she's, no, I'm not. I'm not in disagreement. Like personally, who the I'm hell thinks saying, she's a good singer? Nobody. I don't, I don't think terrible. she's terrible. Well, it's like really? Britney Spears. Like, do you think she's that great a singer? No, but she's, not, she's got great, like, catchy how, songs. Yeah, she's how better than Madonna. You. Madonna. See, no, I just offended Adam. Have, yeah. you ever, have, you ever listened, you. have you ever listened to Madonna That's live? my girl, man. It's terrible. But Madonna was a brilliant performer. She's a brilliant uh, artist. Look, let me put it this way. If music videos didn't exist- No, she's a Madonna, performer. Yeah, you're Madonna right. Been, Madonna would have been no one. If yeah. she came at the right time, music videos became a thing, and Madonna was the perfect person yeah, at that time. Yeah, I, but I feel like she actually wrote- uh, music though that to me like if, if I look at the the credits on, on sure. the album like if they have vested interest in writing those yeah. songs I I respect it like it's the ones for me that uh they basically have all these people writing all their music and they yeah. just sing it and it's like not even that great they have the look yeah. and, and then they, they and then it's they like tweak carbon, the sound too yeah it's just like manufactured that mm. to me that's just bullshit that's why Taylor Swift is so special Taylor Swift is an she incredible incredible shit. writer and she see I respect sing. that. And she could, yeah, she's very yeah. good. But remember in the 80s with Madonna, she had a whole culture of girls that dressed like her. 
Do you guys remember that? Oh, she changed. She changed the whole landscape. They, these yeah. were girls that would go. They, they got for, like the, the the webbed like gloves and shit. Yeah, the thing was to go to the mall and they would dress up like Madonna. She actually created her own uh, style yeah. right. of, of of people. Well, yeah. she has she has brands uh, too. Prom- promiscuous looking. She has she has she's. I think she has a couple ladies apparel brands. Maybe now. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. No. Oh, dude, she has. Yeah. No. She's she, a monster. No. She's she's, she's the, what do they call her? Queen of pop. She's an absolute monster. Yeah. But anyway, where's she been? Madonna? Yeah. She's, she's too much plastic surgery oh, and shit. Courtney's been going to her concerts with her best friend like since forever. Oh, my oh God. do they still, still go? Still. Oh, that's great. Dude. Yeah. Is that is that I'm a favorite? actually like, it's cool to watch. You, you know, because they get all dressed up and shit. She, oh, that's great. It's sad seeing someone like her try and stay <laughs> relevant. relevant in the same way she was relevant before. Like, yeah. she's she's trying to be sexy still. I think at some point, you know, you 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 keep branding yourself as a sex, uh, you know. Uh, I know what you're trying to say as a sex yeah. icon. Yeah, that it starts to get a little silly. You got to evolve and kind of act. You know, it's just appropriate, just a little differently. Yeah, yeah, just a, like present yourself a little bit. Differently. Like imagine this, and this well, is true for men too. Look, imagine if if Mark Wahlberg still <laughs> dressed and acted like Marky Mark. That's inappropriate for a man his age, but he he evolved and he still yeah. he still comes across as you know very relevant. That's I don't all know. I, mean. I think That's all I, I, mean. I think he still always has a scene in every movie with his shirt yeah, off. Yeah, he's still that. I yeah. st- he's still the sex symbol for a male. Well, he's still fit as fuck. He looks. No, amazing. I know. I'm not yeah. disagree. I'm just I'm I'm saying I'm defending these people because you got to think that most of their life, like that's what that's all they know, dude. Like if you were a, a sex symbol like Madonna or Mariah Carey, like like what do you do for thirty yeah. years, like. That's your wheelhouse. That's what you know. And you imagine the mm, mental space crawling on the ground, lapping up milk. Yeah, that's that's (laughs) your thing. Whoa, (laughs) Madonna, bro. She did. Could you imagine the mental space that puts you in, where you're so loved and so admired for being this hot, sexy person, and then watch yourself naturally? It happens to everybody if you're lucky. um, Age and and become less relevant in that in that way. What a hit to your ego! Like it's, we're going to see a ton of it in the next ten to yeah. ten to twenty years because of this the the rise of the the Instagram and Insta famous and well, Instagram models. That, like yeah, that's all changing it all. Yeah. You know, like yeah. so it's, you have to show flaw and all that in terms of like everyday stuff. So it's like well, I think feel like we'll see that a lot more from celebrities, yeah. like uh, along with them as they age. I guess the right thing to say was there's a certain amount of grace that you can develop as you get older that will maintain that and. If, if but if you're trying to hold on to what it was before, it doesn't look as good. So here's a good example. You look at like Cindy Crawford. She mean she has like this level of grace now, and she's a lot older now, right? She's I think Cindy Crawford's fifty something, if I'm not mistaken. She was a supermodel in her twenties. Yeah, she's definitely. But she's older she's she's got that incredible aura about her now, and she's not trying to play the same game she was playing before. Yeah, you know she what I'm attributes all that to lotions. Is that what she says? I think yeah, she, she's selling creams. That's not the- <laughs> that's pretty sure. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but uh, oh, you know who else is good at that? Jenny McCarthy. Have you seen her on her podcast and stuff? No, oh, I haven't seen her podcast yet. Is it any good? I heard a little bit of it. She's funny. You know, Jenny McCarthy's kind of funny. Kind of funny. Yeah. So I like that about. Her. She's got that that kind of sense. Well, of since we're talking about great bodies and physiques, I got to shout out uh, one of our followers, uh, Melly Fit. She reached out to me like I don't know. I want to say it was a couple months ago, maybe. Uh, I think it was, oh, here we go. It was back in October, October, November. And she's, she's 26. I asked her if I could share the story. So anyway, it's saying like, oh my God, I can't believe you're putting her business out there. She said it was cool. She's 26 and she went and saw her doctor and she had uh, extremely low testosterone and she's a competitor. So she's a female competitor. She competes uh, in bikini 
Uh, I think she's actually nationally qualified, so she's been doing it for a while. And they're trying to tell her to to get on uh, hormone replacement therapy. And she goes, what do you think? Uh, you know, I really want to try it naturally first before I start to take something. I said, no, I highly recommend that you try to do it naturally first. And just gave her a lot of the advice that um, that we talk about on the show already as far as addressing stress and sleep and things Increasing like that. Increasing her food intake yeah. probably. Yeah, and I said, well, I said, order a test from Everlywell first, get it tested so you have something to measure. So get two of those, get one now, see where, see where it's registering you right now, and then start to apply all the protocol that we've talked about. And we kind of talked back and forth uh, via DM for a while. And she reached out to me uh, just a few weeks ago and said, um, dude, I came to you after my blood work showed. My testosterone was at 13. My doctor wanted to put me on replacement therapy at age 26. I took your advice and it worked hard and it's paying off. Thank you so much. Oh, so the test now shows that she's in the normal Yeah, age. and then mm. she gave me a screenshot of where she's at and she's at the 43 mark, which is right dead center of the normal. So she's, uh, and she's even- See, this is, this is what I like about uh, these at-home uh, Everlywell tests is that you- because what people need to understand is when you get a hormone test, it's a snapshot of where you're at at that moment. Right. And your hormones react to your environment and your lifestyle and your diet and your activity and your stress and all those, all, all those pretty much everything. Mm -hmm. So if you get tested and your diet is a particular way, your sleep is off, your training is maybe you're training too hard or not training enough, or you need to change the kind of training that you're doing. Maybe you're lacking a nutrient, uh, whether it be a macronutrient or a micronutrient. There's a, there's a million different factors. Being able to monitor your lifestyle changes and how they're affecting your hormones is invaluable. And the, and the trouble with doing it through your doctor is it's a pain in the ass. It's hard to find a doctor who will say, "Okay, cool, we're going to schedule, you know, a hormone test for you over the next, you know, uh, you're going to do one every other month for the next, you know, six, you know, six months or whatever." Just to, and we're going to do these changes and see what's helping. Like very, they oftentimes won't do that. They won't let you do that. No, these these things have been. It, Everlywell has been amazing. It's been amazing for me. And you know, I've I feel bad for the people that I've seen on our forum that try and poke holes in it because it because it's not perfect. Or there's like, oh well, I took it and then I went and did my blood work and this was off or this was different. And here's the thing: it reminds me of the same debate that I used to get into people with the the wearables. And, you know, the in individual variants that everybody has. And the, at the end of the day, it's not about trying to prove the wearable yeah. being wrong. It's, or body fat tests. Right. I it's mean, like, it's exactly. Same yeah, same thing. Body fat tests. All these things have, have room for a little bit of error. The idea is that you use it as a tool to kind of measure these things. So the way I use it is I, I take, I, I always order two of whatever test I'm looking at. So if I'm taking the omega, if I'm doing the vitamin D, if I'm doing testosterone, I buy two right away. And I get the two tests. I take one immediately, and then that number where I, I don't hang on the number and go like, oh, it says I'm a 43. That's weird. My blood work is saying I'm more like mm -hmm. a 22. I can't, this thing's bullshit. No, I use it and go, okay, I'm at a 43 right now. I want to be more like a 70 or an 80 is where I, I want to be towards the upper limit. These, I'm going to change X, Y, and Z variables, whether that be, okay, now I'm going to shut my computer off two hours before bed. I'm going to make sure See that- See how you get affected yeah, it gives by you a range to work Yeah, with. I give myself two or three major variables that, I can, that I'm going to give myself as a goal to change, apply those, be consistent with them for 30 to 60 days- then remeasure the test again and see what happens. That is, and then I'm looking at the difference from where it was and where it went. I'm not hanging on, oh, it says I'm bad or I'm high. I'm looking at where. What well, if it flags you, first off, if you're flagged, you get a phone call from from one of them. 
and they'll talk to you about what's going on and mm. you may go get further testing from a doctor. But what you're saying, Adam, is 100%. Like, you know, in fitness and health, there's a lot of things that you track. You could track your body weight, you could track your, your strength, your performance, your body fat percentage, energy, sleep, your stool. One of the things that's always been difficult to track on a consistent basis are your hormones right. because it requires a doctor's prescription. You got to go to the lab and then a doctor may give you one hormone test, but they're not going to give you another one right. two or three months later. And your insurance definitely isn't going to pay for it unless there's a major issue. So you're kind of fucked. But with something like this, inexpensive, you order it, it comes to your house. And I've so I do the testosterone test. You know, Now I'm doing it once every three months or so. Jessica just did the women's hormone health test. Um, and she'll do another one in a couple months uh, because she's doing this uh, gut health protocol right now. So does that have estrogen, progesterone, like all that, like with the testosterone? Cortisol, DHA, yeah, okay. so all woman, of that. The woman's yeah. health one does yeah. 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 Okay, yeah, yeah, okay yeah. cool. So they'll do all that all that in there. And she's doing this protocol. Right? Actually, she did a really good post um, on her Instagram at the training hour about how your hormones affect uh, enzyme production and how that enzyme production uh, uh, production affects how you feel after you eat uh, certain things. So there's certain times of the month, I got to look it up uh, because I don't know exactly what it is. She talks all about it, but uh, there's a hormone that is, excuse me, uh, progesterone, I believe, uh, help, tells your body to produce this enzyme that breaks down histamine. Mm. And so uh, what a lot of women, what'll happen to a lot of women is at a certain time of the month, they'll notice that they'll get red flushing, more hives, more migraines, uh, fatigue, and it's due to the fact that their body can't break down histamine. And so uh, what you would do in that particular case is you would take this enzyme, DAO, I believe it's called, or DA, DAO or DOA, hmm. and you take this enzyme with your meals, and then you don't get those symptoms anymore. Would you do um, that and then also lower your intake of histamine-producing foods? You, you could definitely do that. You could yeah. definitely, uh, but she, she says, because she, you know, she does coaching, she has people take this particular enzyme. Uh -huh. So what she's doing right now, she's doing this whole gut health protocol right now with the, these herbs and stuff uh, because she's identified she has gut issues and she's doing the Everly Well test now at the beginning of the test uh, at the beginning of this this all this gut protocol yeah. and then she's going to do it at the end when the, all the gut uh, you know when the gut protocol is over That's smart. and what you sh what she should see is an improvement or a change in the positive right. with her hormones right. because these your hormones are they they get affected they don't just happen and then you feel a particular way because your hormones are a particular way. Many times the hormones are your hormones are a particular way because of your lifestyle. I've seen it time and time again. You know, I've seen it with myself. I saw my testosterone levels in the middle and I saw myself get them up to the very top because I changed a few things like I, you know, added more carbs in my diet, increased my calories, fixed my gut health, uh, reduced my cannabis consumption, testosterone for me went up well and that's why i love i love it because it, it now helps you hone in the the individual variants that we all have like maybe sleep was a missing component for you but it isn't for me you know maybe it was for me maybe it was i was pushing my body too hard in the gym and i was overtraining, and that was what it was for mm -hmm. me and that's not for you like that's the cool thing of a tool like this is it's not about how precise is it to the blood work i did two months ago with my doctor it's more like okay this is where i'm registering right now Let's apply X, Y, and Z, which are things that I think I need to work on, and then go back, remeasure again. You know what's cool about the women's health test that they do, by the way, mm. is they test you twice. They test you on- Before uh, and after your period. Well, it's like, uh, I can't remember what days they test you on, but the reason why they do this is obvious. A woman's hormones fluctuate, mm. and so you want to see, you could be balanced at one part of your period, but then you could be 
off on a different part of your of your period or your cycle. And if you go get a normal hormone test, they aren't going to test all these different uh, spaces in between. They're going to give you one snapshot. Yeah. And they maybe you're feeling shitty. Like okay, so here it is. It's estrogen decreases diamine oxidase, uh, oxidase activity. That's an enzyme that breaks down histamine. And that happens when estrogen peaks, which is midway through your cycle at the end of ovulation and a few days before menstruation starts. So let's say you're feeling shitty or whatever and you're maybe you're not producing enough of this enzyme. You get tested not on those days. You're not going to see that. You see what I'm saying? But the, the Everly Will test does test uh, at different points. So I, they're thorough. I, I think they do a good job and they're inexpensive. So yeah. anyway, did you guys see what uh, – What's the CEO oh, of Amazon, Bezos. Jeff Bezos? Oh, yeah. Yes, Did you see dude. what happened with I that? So that I saw the article. Katrina sent me something this morning. I haven't had a chance to read it. You told me that something to do with blackmail, right? Bro. Yeah. So you know his whole divorce thing, right? Yeah. You guys, you guys no, know. No, no, fill me in. So he's getting divorced. He's going through a big divorce. It's probably going to be one of the biggest uh, you know, divorces of all time because he's worth, I don't know how many billions of dollars, right? Amazon's one of the, the most profitable companies of all time. And one of the reasons why he's getting a divorce is he was having an affair with uh, this woman. Well, apparently, the people from Inquirer Magazine or the media company that owns Inquirer Magazine yep. obtained photos uh, that Bezos was sending this this girl. Yeah, from his cell. From his cell phone. What? Pictures of him, you know, like pictures yeah. with his dick out or yeah. with a hard on and underwear or whatever, right? Like, what? Yeah, yeah, and then pictures that she sent back to him wearing like... Yeah. You know, cleavage shots, and cle- yeah, stuff like that. And shots of are you seeing these? Are you no? Are so just, here's the crazy um, describing them. No, yeah. here's the crazy thing. The crazy thing. So what? What Bezos has been? What, what they inquirer? A lot of people have been saying has makes a lot of political moves. Like they'll they'll get they'll get uh, you know pictures or something on someone, and then they'll they'll use that as leverage to get what they want. And there right. was this whole this whole scandal Straight that happened. Up blackmail. Yeah, like when Trump got elected, he invited them to the White House and then he connected him with the with the Saudi mm-hmm. you know royal family and they got this great deal in Saudi Arabia because I guess one of the owners of that media company did some business in Saudi Arabia. So it's this big scandal. Like all these fuckers yeah. th- you know they didn't go after Trump and they have shit on other people and they're they're they've got political motives and it's kind of this big scandal. And so Bezos has been speculating on it and I, I, he owns part of the Washington Post. Is, it, is it the Post or mm-hmm. is it yeah, it's uh, Washington Post. You sure it's the Post? Yeah. Maybe we should check on that if, if Doug can but anyway, um, so what they did sure. is what they did is they sent. We don't take your word yeah. for it. It's fine. <laughs> Let's just keep going. Well, there's, there's, yeah. well, I want to make sure uh, we get Doug, it. Doug right. Justin yeah, said yeah. it. Could you uh, yeah. fact check that, please? Fact check me. Dot yeah. <laughs> org. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. so they sent him an email, and they said, "Hey, basically, if you don't, if you don't stop talking about our scandal and stuff that we're that we're politically charged, we're going to post these pictures. Yeah. And not only that, but we're going to hold on to them." If any time in the future you guys try to fuck with us, if you don't, they can do that. No, no, that's oh, blackmail, yeah. bro. Yeah. It's all written down, so he just basically posts this uh, email. letter, this email. Yeah, and, and so he posted, he put it out there. Brilliant. So, yeah, he basically said, "I'm going to fucking stand up and embarrass myself, but I want to see what's he's going. I'm going to turn this log over and see what crawls out from underneath it." So he, before they could blackmail him and fuck with him, he put it out there. In a blog, posted the emails yep. showing what they Wrote said. all about it like ahead of time to kind of give you background story behind it. Yeah, it is the post. Good job, Justin. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, very, very good. 
bro, I am trustworthy. Bro, tell me that's wow. not a gangster brilliant move. Well, I mean, I don't even know if it's a, a gangster move, but it's definitely brilliant. I mean, I think that's the I think that's the way you have to handle shit now. I think that yeah. that with social media and how much stuff is out there that people that try and lie, you're fucked. You did some dirt. Like if so if anyone like were to call me out on some shit, I would just like right away mm-hmm. present it. Like mm-hmm. yeah, cuz if especially if I text it or sent it, you know, in something, it's yeah. like dude, for sure it that It only gets worse when you try and yeah, yeah. hide anything. Yeah. So the best way to handle it is to to put it out there right away and I think that I think more and more uh, of celebrities and politicians and you know, big CEOs like Bezos, I think they're I think they're starting to piece this together. Like, so you know what? Like, I'm better off yeah. just admitting, like, yes, my dick's out there than to try and say, like, no, I never did. And then yeah. it f- surfaces later. Well, dude, it's it's crazy what they said to him. I mean, here's what they said. Here are the proposed terms. This is in their email. Yeah. A full and complete mutual release of all claims that America Media and uh, on the one hand and Jeff Bezos and Gavin DeBecker the Bezos parties, on the other hand, may have against each other. A public mutually agreed upon acknowledgement from the Bezos parties released through a mutually agreeable news outlet affirming that they have no knowledge or basis for suggesting that American media's coverage was politically motivated or influenced by political forces and an agreement that they will cease referring to... I mean, it's it's straight up blackmail. Yeah. So yeah, but what trying okay, to strong arm them? Break that down. What what exactly are they wanting from Bezos? They're wanting him to say that to this, stop this, saying back that away from that Saudi kind of deal relationship. Yes, because a lot of a lot of other media outlets are saying, oh, they they're in, they were working with Trump, and they're politically motivated, and you know, uh, and and they've gotten that that kind of heat in the past because I mean they're dirty. It's a dirty, it's a dirty uh, business. That's what they do. They get shit on people and they fucking post it and yep. ruin lives, and that's how they make their money. And uh, no, I, I think it's, I think what he did is brilliant because, and I think it's the perfect time too. I think if this happened 10, 15 years ago, I don't think he would have been able to do this because people would have just, they would have railed on Bezos. But instead, I think technologies around been around long enough that people identify more with Bezos than they do yeah. with the, with the other people. It's funny. I you mean, know what I'm saying? Yeah, this is a bad example, but like I I I still think of how somebody like Charlie Sheen could get more popular and more liked because of like how he owned it. bad his behavior was, but he completely was he honest it. about he it. He owned it. He owned it early though, dude. Yeah. I remember like That's what one, I mean. One of the best one of the best like um Interviews I ever read was in in, in uh, Playboy years back of Charlie Sheen, and he just like, I mean that was like it's just like I'm I'm paying for hookers, I'm, I'm snorting you know he ta- cocaine off their ass. I think he he talks about he slept with over at that time over five hundred or a thousand women, and so he'd already put himself on front street already. So it, okay, if now if you guys say that, and and I think we're in agreement, like that's how you should. What do you think about what Lewis Howes is going through right now? I mean. Somebody that is up in in the, in in the limelight right now. He's been on the Ellen Show. He's exploding. He's doing great, and yeah, now he's blown up. And you have all these rumors flying around of him cheating on his girl. She does this big long post, basically outs him. I mean, has and he, he said? Has he said anything a, about it? He hasn't. He hasn't. He I, hasn't. She didn't say. She didn't say his name, but yeah, the boyfriend no. and girlfriend, and she talks about yeah. her her relationship. Two and two together, right? Yeah, They're no, it's pretty off obvious. Of, yeah. It's very obvious. So. I uh, so here's the thing about him is that he, you know, he he puts out this like really good guy, you know, in touch with his feelings type of persona. That something like that could really, you know, could really hurt him. But I don't know if he's big enough 
for this to be a big deal. I, th- I feel like he, if he doesn't say anything, nobody. You don't think care. so? I don't know. Lewis, I don't think anybody's Lewis, making a big deal about it right uh, now. Lewis Howes is is becoming more every day a bigger and bigger deal. I mean, yeah. the, the connect. My neighbors just, love him. Yeah, he just he just had him. Kobe Bryant on his show. Yeah, but don't I mean, you think it would have by now it, it would have been a bigger thing? That, that's why I find it interesting. Yeah. I actually find it. I think uh, that's why I'm asking you guys what you think because he kind of handled it the opposite way, which is. I'm not going to pick up the brick. Yeah. I'm not going to. It's not even my acknowledge it. Yeah, I'm not going to acknowledge it. It's my personal life. It is what it is. You know, I'm. Mm. I, I'm not going. Even if people are going to come on my page and and try mm. and, you know, bait him into a conversation around it, he's completely avoided. It. And I wonder if it's. And I, I. He seems to be fine from it. I don't see a lot of hate coming from it. I mean, he's. I think he's well loved and liked, and yeah, that, we don't know. He's more trying to weather the storm of it, <laughs> and we don't know what happened, right? We yeah. don't really know what the what, if 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 it really happened or what the deal was. I think, sure. you know, I, I I think he. I don't know. He's probably doing the right thing because nothing's happening with it. But at the same time, if something comes out, and you know it's going to come out, I think your best bet is to just take your licks. You yeah. know what I mean? Come out, admit it, fucking take your hate. Yeah. But at, because at the end you'll survive. Well, that. or or well, I mean, do what he's done, which is, I feel like that's not a bad strategy in his situation. It's his personal, right? I mean, nobody in here is is. Uh, I mean, we talk. Let's use one of us as an example. You know, heaven forbid something like this were to will come out or shit like this would happen. But you know, let's say that happened to one of us. Uh, we got caught up in something. I mean, we're a fitness podcast. We're also slash comedy type stuff. What the fuck does that have to do with anyone's personal life? And if you can separate that, and we've done a good job of separating that, why even address that? Like, are you listening to me because of the my relations with my partner? Or are you are you listening to me because the information that I'm providing I on my don't show? No, I think it depends on how you view what you do and how you view your the way you communicate to your audience. I mean, I I don't know. It's a, it's a tough one. I feel like it depend on what it is. I yeah, think, for me. I, I feel like it would be if it was going to hurt the other person. I would keep it quiet. Look, look, I went through a divorce on the podcast, and I was there's definitely things I did not like, uh, uh, you know, about the, my marriage. There's definitely things that you know, but, but I, I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to say any of that because it's going to hurt the other person. Um, and uh, and I wanted to make sure I maintain you know a certain level of uh, respect and integrity. So I don't which, know exactly which that, that's what I'm saying is okay. I mean, know, I guess you would have to respond if, if let's say your partner was so coming I, out after you and posting pictures and texts and shit, then you're gonna have to say something. I think you know. Yeah. Well, what do you do? You think what she said is is enough? If you're if you're at Lewis's spot, right? Literally, okay. And you know, she came out. I believe she even did a podcast, right? Hasn't she done a podcast talking? I don't about, think she talked about it. I don't know. Oh, she didn't. I no, thought she no, did. No. I know she did a long post about it. Um, so would you come forth and talk about it, or would you just leave it alone? Mm, that's a good question. Mm. I, you know, because you just bring yeah, up a is really, that enough. You bring up a really good point that I think is true too. Is that you know what we don't know is and and you know I think when it comes to cheating and stuff like that uh, and and or a relationship just going south. I mean, listen, I've been cheated on, and uh, people that. Uh, that know this or know both her and I when uh, they used to hammer her. And I didn't have that attitude. I actually took full responsibility of even being cheated on. I know that I was very distant in the relationship. I know that I, I wasn't as affectionate as I was early on. Like we, you know, I really, I could tell that I, even though I didn't go out and cheat on her, I also kind of 
was starting to abandon the relationship. So I feel that I'm just as at fault in that situation. Sure. And I would take ownership of that. So we, you don't know that with Lewis, like for all you know, that, you know, she could have been seeking all kinds of attention. She could have been doing a lot of things like that. And he may be taking the high road because he's like, listen, I don't want to, you know, it is what it is. It happened. It's bad. It sucks, whatever. But to drag out my relationship and, and then also have to talk about all the things that maybe drove him to that. Yeah, well, you know, when you're hurt and somebody really hurts you, you want to lash out. And I think that's what happens a lot of times is people want to lash out at the other person mm. and hurt them in some way. And what better way to hurt someone than hurt their image? And if your image is one of a good you know, Boy Scout who's very in touch with his feelings and, you know, has a huge, large female audience. Like, fuck, like that he's vulnerable. You know, he seems pretty vulnerable. But at the same time, that means that his ex-girlfriend has to play that role of calling him out, which, sure, you might hurt him, but you kind of hurt yourself too. You, you're going to get a lot of people who are like, oh, I feel so bad for you. But then you get a lot of people are going to say, well, why don't you just leave and then start a new life? You know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. I, I don't see a whole lot of winners on that. You know what I'm saying? This whole deal with Jeff Bezos, it's not his wife that's coming out and doing this. This is a whole nother publication right. trying to fuck with him. Yeah. That's a different story. Like if I'm getting fucked with, yeah. not by somebody I dated or, or whatever, but by some media company or some other bullshit trying to make money off of me, yeah, I'm going to fucking come out. I'm going to admit it and take my punches and then go for it. But if it's a partner that's ah, a touch that's a touchy one man that's a hard one yeah you know yeah, you leave, it's a different yeah blackmail you're gonna leave yourself open to other people fucking with you from then on out you know it's you have to kind of like address it like yeah that, but i, I do think a lot of people i think bezos did the wrong thing because i think a lot of people in this day and age identify more with him i think more people like him than are going to hate him in other words <laughs> for a couple reasons one technology has been around long enough that all of us now feel the sting of someone's privacy being taken like pictures off their phone because right, i right. can guarantee you right now that if i go into a room of, uh, of 10 people and i take all their phones and go through all their shit i'll find embarrassing stuff on everybody's phone something whether it's a text taken out of context right, right. a post or pictures so yeah. everybody's identifying with with this with what he's doing everybody's going to say no fuck that don't do that and right. i think we've reached that point now you know what i mean i agree with that you yeah. know yeah I agree. With and that. the other thing too is he owns a company that I mean, employs what six hundred thousand, and everybody loves. Yeah. Is that what he's up to? Yes. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. He said he had. Uh, what was it like? It, he, I mean, he did all the shipping in his garage initially, like uh, by himself, and then it grew to like six hundred thousand something Dude, employees. That's a great part of the discussion. Crazy, because the way they tried to say that they were not liable, because they're trying to say that oh, you can't come after us for blackmail because. All we're doing is informing the public of the person who's running a major company that affects so many different people and so many shareholders. So they're pretending like that's the angle they're going to use, right? Like to protect consumers and shareholders. And Bezos is like, yeah, like I have the most profitable company in the world. I've got 600,000 employees. I think I've done a fucking good job running the company. And to me, when <laughs> I- It's so silly when It's so use. dumb. Like- when you have somebody running a company and they have personal issues and they're, you know, sending pictures of themselves, but I'm going to look at the company's performance. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, care okay. what he does with his dick. Yeah. Like, okay, whatever, <laughs> you know, and oh, that, stocks and if you rising. Do, that's something More else. Jobs. That's another cool. website you're looking at. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And Amazon is a loved company. So I think that the American media, you know, organization or whatever, I think that they might've fucked up here. 
Yeah, so, no. and, and Bezos has got enough money. Yeah, to 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 play with them a little bit. So. No, no, he handled it like a champion. They, they, yeah, they were in the they were in the ocean, and they It'd had be a, interesting to see what happens to them. They as, were, as a result of they this. went after the great white dude. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I got the stick. I think I could take out this great white. Yeah, we'll yeah, see what I'd be afraid too of what his what his potential connections and backlash could be. Uh, oh yeah, like, I wouldn't fuck with. Yes, fuck, so, no. <laughs> you you you're, got the most cash. Like, right dude, now. everybody who works now for the for the Inquirer now they'll never get their fucking prime, dude. dude, yes, dude saying, oh, never get your, yeah. your entire staff. That's, what the fuck? I no more no more Wolf Boy. Yeah. You know newspapers out there. Oh, oh man. Yeah. 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 Yeah, speaking of good products, dude, have, are you guys taking the the gold juice? The Organifi, the chocolate one. Yeah, no, it's good. I've I, I've taken it a couple of times. Although I'm on I'm on the green juice right that, now. That golden brown, hardcore because of my cold, dude. I've, I'm kicking this thing still. So I so Doug got us macadamia nut milk. Yesterday. Oh, did you try that? Yeah, dude. Okay, can I tell you something? Right I now? haven't tried it yet. I'm angry that you gave me that, Doug. Because <laughs> oh, it's that good. It's way better than almond milk. No, really, way better. Is it just the consistency? I've only and been talking about it what? for six months. Yeah, yeah, but now I tried it, dude, and we're all ruined. That's how, that's how long it takes, Doug, for us to you know adopt. It. My kids love it, so my kids tasted it. And they love it by itself. Oh wow. Uh, Jessica loves it, and then I mixed it with the the. The gold chocolate juice at night because you know it's good for sleep or whatever. Whole, it's just got a much better mouthfeel than the almond uh, uh, really? almond milk. Does yeah. it? Does it? Is it thicker or thinner? It's got a little bit more of a creamy uh, consistency, but it's not super thick. It's it's just got a nice mouthfeel to it, and it's yeah. mild. It's got a mild sweet flavor to it. Uh, okay, you're and, selling me. And now. the macros are really good. Here's the problem: it's expensive. Take, oh, it is. Yeah, macadamia nut milk, bro. It's macadamias. Yeah, but through Thrive, not Doug milk. said it's not as bad. It's not as bad. It's a dollar less than you'd find. So it okay, so then what is it? What is it on Thrive? What is the almond milk compared to the macadamia milk? Yeah, he's gonna look, look that up. Right look now. that up because I want. I'm curious to like how much more money is because because what I did la- what I do is I put it in <laughs> uh, you know pour it in a, a a little pot, put in the, the the gold chocolate in there, and then just stir it while oh, it warms you up. Froth it, dude. Yeah. You gotta what get you yourself use a little. Yes, yes. Yeah, I got one of those. That you you talking about mouthfeel like that yeah. right there will uh, make you, got, you gotta be frothing. Yes, yeah. That's I can't believe you're not. What's frothing. funny? That's that, a game changer. Yeah. Justin and I didn't even know the name for it. We both just did the sound for it. I'm like, yeah. do you have the? You have the? <laughs> you have that thing? Yeah, the frother. Yeah. Yeah. That's also the sound you make for vibrators. Uh, by the way, it's both. Yeah, it's, it's the froth. It works for yeah. a lot of things. <laughs> you sound using it for both. You froth up your your gold chocolate with your vibrator. Uh, <laughs> I also do this when I'm excited and yeah. then I regret whoa, whoa, it. Where whoa. my hands go over my head and I make gestures. The double hand job yeah. gesture. Did you figure out the price difference, Doug? Looking it up. Give me a minute. Oh, okay. Yeah, Sorry. No problem. Sorry. <laughs> Faster. Faster, Doug. Faster. Our internet's slow today, right? Yeah. No, what was the thing that Doug had pulled up before we, when we first walked in? The the anarchy thing. What was that? Oh, all? Was yeah. that like another fire festival Wait, thing? Okay, yeah, before on. we get into that, here oh, we got sorry, some prices. Sorry. So, yes, milkadamia or the macadamia milk is $3.99 a container. Okay. Whereas like your almond milk is going to be around two and a quarter. Oh, so, so more than a dollar. Yeah. Yeah. It's more expensive, but it's worth it to me. Absolutely. It's, it's uh, macadamias also have a really nice. Uh, mm. uh, I, I like the fats in macadamia nuts, especially for muscle building. Well, Doug's bougie like me. Yeah, so I'm sure yeah, I'll, exactly. I'll spend that extra dollar seventy five. Adam will take a bath in macadamia nuts. And you're, and you're <laughs> That's right. How he is. Probably would. Yeah. And you're right about that gold chocolate with the, the macadamia milk. Does. That's just amazing. So either do it hot or do it cold. Both ways. Great. Mm. So I I heat it up in the microwave 
um, for I think a minute is what I put it in there for. So I normally use like a measuring cup. I do about uh, it, put about a cup and a half. Is in it a there. glass and you measuring froth cup? Yes. and make it like a latte? Okay. Yeah. Not a plastic okay, one. So I do a glass measuring cup, asshole. And then I heat that up for a minute, and then I put the the you know Organifi stuff in, and then I use the frother and whip it up, and then I pour it in my my mug, and oh. it's. Primo. Amazing. All right, so you want to but talk about I haven't about done that. the Macadamia. Yeah, tell me the anarchy thing that okay. Doug was... I came in and we were watching it looked like another fire festival. Yeah, so apparently, I saw Ron Paul in there and I'm uh, like, Ron Paul? Apparently, he parties? So there's this guy, John Galton, who started this uh, anarchopulco, anarchopulco uh, yeah, so festival. Like that didn't work. For Sometimes anarchists. you can converge names together. Yeah. You know, that did not work, And guys. there are a bunch... Now, the title of the article is John Galton Wanted Libertarian Paradise... He got bullets instead. Well, let's make a few corrections. Anarchy and anarcho-capitalists are not libertarians. They're they're different things. I love how yeah. they always throw that in they there. They get lumped in there, and they also get yeah. lumped in there with the conspiracy theorists and like everybody well, else. Well, to be bit. fair, the libertarian party, uh, the actual big L libertarian party, does have some fucking wackos I mean, in it. They're, they're there. There's some wackos in there. But anyway, anarcho-capitalism is basically no government whatsoever at all. It's just... You know, let markets take care of everything. Libertarians are what are more more commonly referred to as minarchists, which are small government, kind of like the way the Constitution originally designed uh, our government to be. So two different things. But anyway, he puts together this festival where it's supposed to be an anarcho-capitalist heaven where everything's legal. You can do any drug you want. Sex parties. Everything's on trade. Um, no, 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 uh, no. Anarcho capitalism. Money. Everything. Money. Oh, okay. But they're big on blockchain. They're big. and they have some big speakers that come over there uh, and speak at these events. But anyway, this guy has been growing marijuana plants and and you know creating this business in Mexico. Now you know who doesn't like it when you grow marijuana and try and Ooh, sell it in Mexico. I think the cartels. Yeah, yeah dude. Yeah. So they fucking killed him. Wow. Oh, literally, this guy got shot. He got killed, dude. What? Yeah, they broke into his apartment and killed him and one of his friends, I think it was. What? And then his girlfriend, they scared the shit out of Over her. some weed? Yeah, wow. because they don't, I don't know, that's how they handle their competition. Dang. Yeah, so. Yeah, you don't fuck around. Yeah, wow. dude. So that was last week. So the event's still going on and they're thinking that there's going to be Who more. Who the fuck is going to go to that event now? <laughs> they think there's going to be more attendance now. They what? Think, what? Because the way they advertise themselves as anarcho-capitalists, they probably attract a lot of people who are like, yeah, fuck yeah. everything, you know? Oh, yeah. And they're going to just go anyway. Cool, I'm going to bring my gun. Yeah. Beep, beep. Which you wouldn't be able to do, you know yeah. what I'm saying? If you're flying into Mexico, you're How do not- they operate this? That's what I want to know. Yeah, you don't want to mess with the federales. You yeah. don't want to mess with... Dude, there's a lot of stuff going on well, there. Look at, look at this, ready? So the conference is located in a ritzy Acapulco hotel. I can't say that... I would like to attend this. Not to like party, <laughs> just but observe. Dude, just listen we'll just to this. just be flies on the wall. Attendees shell out $554 for tickets, and then they have options to pay another $500 for an investment summit, summit, $255 for Infinite Man Summit with a pickup artist. I guess some dude teaches you how to pick up chicks. That's stupid. Oh, God. Is it that guy? It's probably that same guy with the top hat and the goggles. <laughs> they have $140 for demystifying the occult. Oh, mysterious. Oh, this Who is, is terrible. It's mysterious. Listen to this. $140 for demystifying the occult. Oh, great. This is a bunch of fucking weirdos who are... 250 each for various drug ceremonies like the Jaguar Vision, which is an hour-long DFT experience. It's, wow. it's basically people paying to go do a bunch of drugs. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Yeah, and they're yeah weirdos. I might not want to go there. I might end yeah. up seeing some real creepers. This quaz brought to you by Organifi. 
For those days you fall short on getting your organic veggies or whole food nutrition, Organifi fills the gap with laboratory-tested certified organic superfoods to help give your health and performance the added edge. Try Organifi totally risk-free for 60 days by going to Organifi.com. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com. And use the coupon code MINDPUMP for 20% off at checkout. All right, first question is from Blackburn7171. Is there any benefit to performing a squat from the bottom position? Oh, yeah. Yes, there is. Yeah. You know, so... This is challenging. In fact. So first, let me explain what this what this means. So when you do a traditional squat, a barbell squat, for example, you unrack the weight, you back out of the cage or whatever, or back away from the, from the hooks, and then you lower the weight and squat it back up. Squatting from the bottom position literally means you get under the bar... And it's already set low. So you're, the starting position is the bottom. That's where you start. So you don't get the luxury of lowering the weight and coming back up. You have to <laughs> start luxury. from the – and it is a luxury. Yeah. Because well, it, there's the spring effect that, it, that, 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 you, that causes because of the fact that we're going down and, and eccentrically loading uh, the muscle. Like you, you have this elastic energy potential that now you can catapult yourself. Not up only with. that, but then it also wakes your CNS up on the way down too. It's like – True. It's like the, you ever notice the difference of when you squat with like super lightweight versus putting like serious weight on there? Like there's, there's definitely a point where – I squat better as I go up in weight. And it's just because mm-hmm. everything I feel is like firing and and, and I'm everything's alert as I'm going down. And you get that when you're dropping into a squat. You're, everything is firing. You're starting to decelerate down in. And then you get to the bottom and then it's like, boom, you rebound yeah. up like you're saying. A lot of people don't realize that you're stronger if you lower a weight first. Mm-hmm. So you can lift more if you lower a weight and then lift it versus just lifting it dead. Like a deadlift you can lift. You'd be able to lift more if you could somehow j- start at the store, top and then come down. Store and, some energy yeah. because, and there's a lot of theories as to why this happens. Some of it's like elastic energy. The muscle fibers connect to each other, and as it lowers, they build up this kind of stretch effect, and then it, like almost like a spring adds yeah, like, more to I, it. Yeah, what do they call? It? I know coil of coil effect. It's the stretch, re- stretch reflex. reflex or, yeah, is that you. it? Yeah, I think that's sliding what it is. filament yeah. theory. So something like I know it's part of it. Yes, yeah. part of it. So I first learned about this years ago when I read this book. I've, I've referenced it a couple times called Dinosaur Training. Mm-hmm. And in Dinosaur Training, uh, it was it's 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 a great book in the sense that it it talks about different concepts Lots of, of brontosaurus of strength training. Yeah. Uh, you know how to get stronger, and it's all about like how old school strongmen got stronger and what you need to do. And you know it helped me develop some of my theories when I created Maps <laughs> Anabolic. It's an old book. It's a very old book. It's not great to look at, but it's got some interesting information. Anyway, one of the things that the guy talks about in there is the benefit of bottom position squats, where he got his squat to go through the roof because he started training, throwing in uh, to his routine squats where he'd get under the bar and come up. So I started testing these out uh, a long time ago, and I remember the first time I did it, I was shocked at how much weaker I was. You're so much weaker. I couldn't believe it. Like. Yeah. It's hard. It's it's like if I, if I could do five reps with 315, I thought, well, I should be able to do one with 315 if I start at the bottom. Nope. No. I had to go way the fuck down, yeah. and it, it was a new skill, and it took me a long time to get used to it, but as I started getting better at it, my normal squat got much better, and the position, the bottom position, I got way more stable at, and so I like using this technique for movements uh, for sticking points. Yeah. So, like, if your sticking point for your bench press is the bottom, you can even do this with your bench press. Get underneath the bar to where you have to kind of squeeze yourself underneath it so it's already on your chest and you have the, the safeties, and then just press it up from there. Yeah. 
and and you'll see that that sticking point will no longer it'll start to get better. Well, I love doing these types of lifts. I I kind of look at it like it's it's more of a fight. You know, I'm at the bottom. I I like all the uh, benefits or or potential things that like could contribute towards me. Um, you know, like aiding in, in, in helping me, like you take all the help away and now I'm just at the, at the, you know, the, the nitty gritty of what I, what I'm like facing. And it's like, you're literally like fighting your way from there up and summoning whatever you can to now overcome and get up. So it's, it's a different mentality, uh, going into the exercise other than just going through reps. Well, I, I think the real benefit is teaching yourself how to call upon your CNS. Right. Because when you when you drop into it, like I was saying, with the heavy weight, you're already set up. You, yeah, you you're, you're being forced to right. You start to drop down in a squat, and your your core tightens up and break because you would fold over. Like you would just completely if you were relaxed and you drop into a squat, you're gonna drop in the hole, potentially hurt yourself, fall fold over, knees cave, everything. But because you slowly drop into it the CNS is firing like crazy to resist the way down. You don't get that luxury, like Sal said, when you're coming out of the hole. So you have to learn to mentally call upon all that. You have to right away brace your core, grip the floor, make a rigid spine, and then come out of the hole without the luxury of slowly getting into that by coming down. So that's I think that's the real benefit is the, the ability to call upon your, your entire CNS at one time to fire it to get out of the hole. Especially those of us that are tight. You know, I'm I'm a tight person, right? And and when I lower into a squat, the weight on my back forces me into a better position. I have weight on me, pushing me down, getting me set up. When I get under a bar that's already set up on the bottom, that's uh, it's much more difficult to do. It's like I can't even go. I have to get under. Like you said, Adam, I have to like really get my positioning right. Right. Before I lift, because I've done it to where it wasn't perfect, and then you try and lift from that bottom position, and then your yeah. form is. Then you get like a little like asymmetry in terms of like how your forces rock being on distributed. your toes. Yeah, and then yeah, and that really that really screws you up. So I, I agree. Like it's totally the setup is essential on well, lifts like this. It reminds me too. Like you, you guys ever taught somebody how to do like um, what not not windmills, but what are I'm trying to think of the 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 rotation, the twist that you would do like on the cables. Side chop. Like a side chop, right? And when you first teach somebody to to rotate like that and then you add resistance with your hand and you tell them to push against there so then they can, and then it all of a sudden, because mm. you, you're adding that resistance, they can now feel it in their abs. It's like just a, a way I would coach it. So before yeah. I'd even put them in the cable, I used to do that, yeah. I'd say, put your hands out straight like this and then I would, I would push against their hands and say, resist that. And then all of a sudden they go, oh yeah, okay, I feel that in my core. Like, okay, that's what you want to think every time you go into this rotation. And so that helps them connect better. It it's starts that intrinsic conversation yes. you know, with your body. Like you're like, okay, so, I, need, I need to be able to get this ahead of time before I actually uh, promote uh, this, this exercise, this lift. And this trains that. Yeah. So that's how I think of yeah. this. Mm -hmm. Like squatting from the bottom really forces you to intrinsically activate those core muscles, get your grip the floor, get in a great position to come out of there. You do got to do a, a lot lighter weight. But I think it's a it's in a good form. Yeah, and yeah, it's tough. It's I, really tough. To I do. like incorporating this type of technique on all kinds of exercises. So here's a here's a good excuse to to curl in the squat uh, cage. Okay, is you could set up the safeties. Sweet. And you could set up your barbell, put it on the safeties so that it's at the bottom of a curl. Put weight on the bar, and then from that that bottom position, do your curl. Lower it back down on the safeties. Step away. Count to two. Grab the bar. Do another curl. 
you lose the effects of the that stretch rebound effect. Mm-hmm. So in essence, you're doing a dead curl each time. And let me tell you, it's a different exercise. It's a different exercise than go, lowering the weight and coming back up. Now, I'm not saying it's going to replace it because I still think you know lowering the weight and coming back. Just like a bottom position squat is not going to replace a traditional barbell squat. Yeah. But when you add it to your routine, because it's different and it's different enough, it's a novel stimulation, your body, you're not used to training that particular way. Watch what happens. You build more muscle and you end up getting stronger. It's yeah. A, and you can use this with almost any exercise. My recommendation to implement this on a day, like, so I wouldn't, when, the way I would program it into my routine is on a non heavy lifting day. So if, if I already did like heavy squats that week and I'm on my second or my third time of hitting squats in the week and I've, I've already done like a, really heavy lifting day. Like this is a day where, cause you're not, you'll see it'll be 50% of the weight. I mean, I can't do, I can't do, that's about what I do is 50% is about what I can get up to. I can't oh, it's do, crazy hard. I can't go anywhere near mm-hmm. what my PR or even my singles, doubles or triple workouts look like on a squat. So, mm-hmm. you know, so you're not going to do as much damage to the legs and glutes on these days, but I think it's great for, like I said, the CNS training. And I think it's a great way to add, add into your routine it's not something like you said sal that would replace like mm-hmm. your basic barbell back squat next question is from zachary verhessen is there such thing as a genetic potential and limit for skill for sure yeah i i think what you end up with this is for anything by the, the way the nba is a perfect example of this <laughs> yeah 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 the yeah. cream there's, rises to the top there's nothing you can do there's nothing i can train or do to ever be as good as lebron james nothing no. i could train every day of my life eat perfect recover perfect and i'll never reach his his potential of his skill no he's... and it's good to know this but it's also good to know that you have a a potential like Look at it this way. If you're using LeBron James as an example, let's say he represents the number 100 Mm. and a zero is an infant who can't even walk or crawl, right? So you're somewhere in between between that. You have your own scale. And let's say your scale is between 30, where if you never train, never exercise, never practice your skill, that's how good you're going to be at basketball. And then let's say 60 is your upper limit. You have a lot of range there. There's a lot of room that you can play within mm. through your training, through your practice, through your so because I know people who end up getting crapped out when they know this. Like like people will learn like, oh my god, pro bodybuilders, they just have crazy genetics and and you know and they use anabolic steroids. Why am I going to waste my time working out? You still have a tremendous amount of potential for yourself. Well, and we, you also got to address this. So when you're talking about skill, more than likely we're talking about that being applied towards some sort of a sport. And your the way your body is also built changes that. So you that's know, how you move. It's your brain. Yeah, like so certain body types, not just your your genetic potential, your DNA, but then your your skeletal structure makes a difference also. So that's you know, also genetic potential too, though, right? Yeah, that's that's, yeah. that's that's part of it. But that's that's what I'm saying. It's not just this. Okay, like I was born with this great gene to be an athlete. It's like you're. Your, if your skeletal structure was designed to be more favorable for a specific sport, you already are going to have a higher range. So if you use your example of zero to hundred, you know uh, my my genetic potential is a little bit higher for basketball than maybe Justin is because of his frame, like mm. just because of my, my skeletal frame. But just if you base it off that, because just that, that alone, there's also genetic potential for. Uh, intelligence, agility, agility, reaction time, all kinds of stuff. But also intelligence. There's also genetic potential for uh, work ethic. I'm sure there's a genetic potential there as well as, as far as 
uh, and also environmental factors. Like you have to look at all the things that make up, um, you know, all all of your your total potential. So, mm. let's say I'm competing against. Let's say I own a business and I own a a shipping company, and I'm competing against another shipping company. And the guy who owns that other shipping company genetically is just way smarter than me. He's twice as smart as I am, but I work way harder. Can I make up the difference? Absolutely. Um, maybe he's smarter in one thing, but not as smart as me in other things. Does that make up the difference? Absolutely. Yeah. There's so many things that make up this pie of potential that I think people sell themselves short all the time. I think you would be blown away. I think, oh, I, I think the, the entire game is understanding like what those things are, what those attributes are that you want to vest most of your efforts into to optimize you know, abilities. And I feel, I would wish that there was a process like you go through, like going through school, like at a young age where they can really evaluate, you know, a lot of like potential gifts that you have that you didn't really know, you know, even if it's physically or, or mentally or, uh, you know, characteristics or things like that, like why it would be so great is if, you know, instead of like always comparing yourself to somebody who's three, four inches taller than you, that obviously has certain characteristics and traits about them that they would like squash you in, you know, what you could really foster to then compete. There's also so many factors that you can't control that if we focus on them, I tend, I think they tend to, to discourage people. And I think that there's so many ways that these factors can, can interact with each other that it's almost moot to, to focus on them. Like, I'll, I'll give you a great example. Let's say you have a particular genetic makeup that would make you perform and succeed exceptionally well in a lifestyle that is extremely challenging. So let's say you have the genes that will make you successful if you grew up with single mom, poor, abuse, whatever then that sounds like you win the lottery if you're in that particular situation you become successful. Now, most people probably do terrible in that situation. So there's also a combination of factors that combines with your genetics. Like there's some very successful people that had some terrible odds, but maybe their genes combined with those odds is what made them well, succeed I, so well. I would go out on a limb and say that 90% of the population are pretty close. Like we can, so I liked your zero to 100 analogy. So I believe that, a good portion, and I'm saying I'm throwing a random number like 90, but I would think a good majority of us could have the potential to make up quite a bit of the difference that someone. I would so agree. you may be two or three inches taller than me, but like you said, if I'm smarter and I have better work ethic, then that makes up for the two or three inches. Mm -hmm. So I think a majority of the population is closer than they think they are, right? Mm -hmm. There, then you have the 5% or 10%, which are the outliers, mm -hmm. the, the people that have that ability to. So I think most of us, if you use the scale that you use, Sal, are are somewhere between 30 and 80. They can reach somewhere in that, like yeah. 80. But then there's the- Then the, the true outliers have all the gifts and they work their ass off and really hard. Like So you mentioned like a LeBron James. He- understood like a, a Michael Jordan or a Kobe Bryant, like the work ethic was insane. Nobody was doing what they were doing yeah. and, and saw that and applied that. And then also he cares a lot more about recovery and like treating his body the right way. There's so many factors in the fact that why he is the best. I think it's a waste of time, honestly, to think about your genetic potential. I really do. I think it's a waste of time to focus on anything you can't control. Well, I, the one thing I will disagree with that is because uh, I wish I understood um, 
you know, my body type and how that could play a role in specific sports. And I always go back to the swimming thing for me. So I think there is some advantage based off your age. Like if we're just talking about 10 year old kids that are all built about the same at that age, it's not a big difference. But as you start to get older and you and you're playing four or five sports and you're starting to narrow it down to one, two or three or whatever, um, I, I do think there is some advantage to knowing what your body type uh, is is better for yeah, but you also got to like it. You got to have a passion for no, it. No, agreed. Gotta, yeah. You agreed. know what I'm saying? Like, agreed. You, yeah. I, I mean, I don't. I didn't. I didn't never had a passion for swimming. That's why I didn't follow it. Exactly. But had my parents put me in a pool and I swam at a young age and I just naturally beat people, I probably would have had a passion for. Because as a kid, you like to win. You know what I'm saying? And like you tend to just gravitate towards the things that you are good to yeah. good at. And if I was put in things that I was succeeding at, maybe I would have had a passion Yeah, but that's that, you know, I think that goes with, with the whole like like introduce your children to a lot of different types of sports and activities yeah. and see and then take it from there. Because, what, yeah, because out of it. there's listen, there's a lot of people, Spud Webb, great example, does not have what you would think would make a an NBA player. Yet he was in the NBA because he had a whole other series of characteristics that you couldn't visibly tell. Yeah. You couldn't just look at Spud Webb and think, oh, this guy's going to you know, be a pro basketball player. Yeah. But he had a lot of other characteristics that obviously got him to that level. So I think it's, it's I always think it's a waste of time to focus on things you can't, you, you can't change. Why? I can't change my genetics. Here they are. Great. Let me focus on the things that I do have control over, which is how I apply myself, the things I have passion for, my work ethic, my practice. I mean, I agree and disagree. I agree with you that I don't think you should focus on it. I don't think it should be something that you're, oh, I don't, you should count, discount yourself, you know, because you tried something one time and you weren't good at it. Oh, I'm just, my genetic potential for this sport is just not there. So yeah. I should just give up. Like, I definitely don't agree with that. But I do, I do think there's, there is some weight to, you know, recognizing your body type and and maybe applying yourself to there's a million sports out there, a fucking million sports out there that you can try and play. So it can be a little daunting, like that you may never fall in the one that was really you were yeah. designed for. And so, well, and that's why I think too, it's good to it's good to like put yourself into these types of things that you suck at and realize how hard you have to work and the work ethic part of it you can develop and then apply that into something you're actually good at. Well, Otherwise, you don't learn that process and, if you go or, into the the thing you you're really good at immediately. You don't develop dude, the work ethic. You tend to you tend to <laughs> like the things that you're naturally good at, and the stuff you tend to get great at is the stuff that you're naturally good at, and you also fucking love. Mm -hmm. When you find a good combination like that, where you have a kid who let's say is built for swimming, and you put them in the water, and they fucking love it on top of it. Now you've got a winning combination. Yeah, but I, the way I fell into sports wasn't like uh, it wasn't that romantic. You know, I was a kid who wanted to play, and on the playground there was a tether ball, there was uh, you know got kids throwing footballs out on the dirt, and then there uh, soccer ball. Kids were kicking that around, and then there was a basketball court, and it was like I I played what my friends wanted to play, and the what got me good at the sport was because I wanted to play and I wanted friends. It really was that. And then I, and that the work ethic towards that is what made me continue that on. Like, okay, now I'm getting decent at this because I've been practicing and practicing and practicing. I don't think that when I grabbed a basketball, I was like a natural. I didn't just like, oh, this just feels like it was meant to be. It was like I wanted to play with kids and I wanted to have fun. And so that fed into it. You know, again, going back to what I'm saying, like I think that there's nothing wrong with a parent who has a kid 
looking at your kid's body type oh, saying, yeah, oh, for sure. I'm going to introduce him to X, Y, and Z because oh, for sure. I, I mean, know he's built like me. Like, I know I'll do that with, uh, you know, when I have a kid, I know that's what I'll do. I know I'll look at his structure and go like, oh, I want to introduce him to these sports and see, you know, if he or she ends up liking them and see where they go from yeah, there. Yeah, that's just it. You got to see if they if they enjoy it and they have a passion for it. No, of course. I mean, I actually, in fact, I got I had a message. Was it, uh, no, it wasn't a DM. It was in our forum. Somebody <laughs> said that they have, uh, they were talking about their kid. And they were talking about how their son is really small for his age, um, but they'd like to put him in sports. What sport should they pick because they want him to build confidence, but he's not very big? And I'm like, wrestling. Put him in wrestling. There's there's weight classes. He'll be competing against kids right. his own age, yeah. and it'll give him a great opportunity. He learns technique, skill. It's very competitive. Mm-hmm. And the kids he'll be fighting will be kids that are in his weight class. So it'll be as even as, you know, as, as can be in that sense. Next question is from Rachel Elena. In the interview with John Brinkus, you seem to be sold on the idea of men and women competing in sport together. Are you also now sold on trans women competing in the women's division CrossFit competitions? If so, how was he able to convince you, but the representatives in the trans community were not? If not, please break down the difference in allowing men and women to compete together, but not trans women Mm -hmm. With cis women. Yeah, so that was a great episode. So if you haven't listened to us, our one interview of, my, of John Brankus. One of my yeah. favorites. It was a great episode. So here's where we ended that conversation, okay? He made a very, very compelling point that boys and girls should just compete against each other. And what you'll find in the younger ages in particular is there's no no difference. In fact, at some ages, girls, uh, you know, they go through puberty and before boys do, yeah, and they, they make, faster. actually excel. And I think this is where we all agree in this. Yes, yeah. and yeah. I think if we're going to, um, and now here and here's his argument. His argument is maybe at the upper echelon of com- competition, like professional football, professional basketball, like at the 1% of the 1%, you're probably going to see men dominate most of those sports. You may see some women here and there who are exceptional. But it weeds it out. But it weeds it out because at that level, you know, the best of the best will play. And sure, in a lot of sports, where especially where size and strength make a big difference like football, it's probably going to be mostly, you know, mostly men. Maybe you'll have women do certain positions, but probably mostly men. But at the younger ages, you're going you're to see women start to compete with men and Look, here's the deal. A lot of guys will be like, no, you know, guys are better than girls and this and that. But look, uh, when people say, like when I say that, if I say that, am I better than, than, than most women? No. There's a lot of women strength athletes that'll kick my ass in, in lifting weights. There's a lot of female martial artists that'll kick my ass in a fight. And so I, I, that was the argument he was making. Now, the argument that the, that the trans community was making with the CrossFit is that there is no competitive advantage because they were biological men before becoming women. That's where we disagree. I think there is a competitive advantage, especially when it comes to strength sports. However, we did say in that episode with the trans athletes, if you want to do that, why not eliminate all categories and just have yeah. everyone compete at the same time? Right. right. In which case, then then it'll be totally fair. Right. You know, and that's the, that's kind of the argument. So, is there a competitive advantage that men have over women when strength? plays a major factor of course that's, well, that's a fact yeah and it's and i liked his the way he presented it was more about which human is best in this particular direction rather than which yeah the best man yeah and so and, and and so what we're talking about now in terms of like you know with with trans community and like involving within uh, you know, it, it's sort it's sort of dividing the sexes between two, and, and but also incorporating 
like what we're trying to do. It's 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 convoluting the whole process of that. Like, yeah, and, like, and to be clear, you know, CrossFit is a, is a private organization, so they can do what the hell they want. Um, yeah. and I think they should be able to do whatever they want. But CrossFit's a good example of one one of these sports that potentially actually could do this, where they just eliminate boys versus girls. It's no longer yeah. boys versus girls. Let's just make it the fittest human in the world. Well, and so here's what you happens. Know what I'm saying, and then and then when they deadlift, probably the men are going to have some advantage. But when they do, maybe some upper body or endurance, endurance parts sport, yeah, yeah maybe the women so fucking a i mean if there's anybody who could actually put this this theory to test it would be like the crossfit well community. here's my theory if this ever happened on a large scale where we were truly competing equally okay true equality everybody competes against each other and the best of the best are the best humans doesn't matter if you're male or female i think you'll get a lot of pushback from women because mm. it'll it'll start to reduce their opportunity. Mm-hmm. Like imagine if, if, if imagine if all the pro sports were men and women and there were no female pro sports because there was no more allowed, you weren't allowed to, to, to just say one gender or the other. Mm. There wouldn't be a lot of women in these opportunities in some of these sports. Now in other sports, I think there would be like golf, for example, the best female golfers probably can do a, actually, in fact, he brought that case up and talked about how... Well, I thought it was, yeah, in terms of like where I thought it might get muddy too is is how they give scholarships and how, uh, you know, like where... Um, where we can actually like look at in terms of like which sports uh, we're recruiting men versus women and, and you know how that all is going to play out in terms of colleges funding you know athletes and, and getting them exactly. involved. Exactly. So let's say college is elite, right? So let's say they have college basketball and or college football and it's all it's there's no more men's d- d- you know college basketball and women's college. It's just college it's basketball. Just basketball. And it's the best of the best. You know, you might be in a situation where out of 10,000 college basketball players who are going division one or I don't know how many players, 500 or whatever, who are getting a scholarship, maybe no women get it now because they're competing, uh, you know, solely against, or they're competing now in, in open categories. Right. So I don't know, but if we're heading down that path and everybody wants to be equal, because this goes, if it's all about fairness, you know, like, it, I don't know. It's, it, it's kind of like, I don't know. Be careful what you wish for sometimes. Like it's it, interesting what would happen. It goes both ways though. Like, uh, like uh, if there's certain police departments, fire departments that, uh, you know, the military that has different uh, criteria for women than men. Like that would have to erase also. We would just have the best people for the job. You either pass or you don't. So I don't know if people would even want that, but he brought up a good compelling case. And I do agree in kids sports, it makes perfect sense. I watched, you know, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, like shit. A lot of the girls beat up on the boys. Oh, they're faster than the boys. A lot of times. And you know, it was interesting though, because I was thinking about it and I remember, uh, Two years ahead of me, like on the football team, on the varsity team, um, they had they had a, a female kicker, and she did, she did awesome. And it was like it, it made perfect sense to everybody. It's like she's great. She plays soccer. She's a great fit. She kicked like like forty yard field goals. She had like a, a leg, and it's like why wouldn't you want her on your team? You know, there's there's things like that in where it makes sense to me. And I'm well, like, why? there's also a difference. I think we have to point out since they brought this up that. There's something different hormonally too with a, a a girl who's playing soccer with the boys at nine, ten, twelve years old, and then somebody who has grown up as a boy, gone through puberty, become a man, and then changed had a sex change, and then now gets to compete. They've with They've got women. a lot of permanent bone structure yes, there. There's, there's, a lot of there's, permanent muscle. There's a physiological difference with that versus what we were talking about with John Brinkus. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. think just because we agree with John that I think that's I think that would be yeah, awesome the, to he, see women and 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 or boys and girls 
playing sports together longer, you know, maybe heading all the way. And he brought up good points. Like if girls were competing like that at that at that level, they'll probably be better. Yeah, Yeah. it might change. Yeah, yeah, the competitors might ramp up substantially. They do look. They're female when it comes to endurance. Women uh, in some categories are better. Swimming, long distance, women do a fucking exceptional job and beat men at it. Mm. Um, there are definitely physical pursuits that women can do as do as well or better than men do. So it would be interesting, but here's the thing. I don't know if society's ready for that. Like, I don't know if society's ready to watch a football game and watch a woman, even if she's big and strong, get tackled by a big man, you know, who's going to, you know, maybe if he lays her out. People get laid out all the time in, in, in football. Men, men get blasted all the time. Is society ready to see a female kicker get just hammered like if it was a man like we see a guy get hammered nobody cares but if it was a woman i think a lot of people would be like oh my gosh what's going on here you know and that's you know that whole like never hit a woman thing and you know so Mm. i I don't know if society's ready for it but again john made a great he made a great compelling argument i think so check that episode out next question is from taylor baca what is your guy's favorite client success stories oh wow Uh, take us on memory lane yeah yeah you know um the first one that comes to mind for me is was one of my last clients that I ever took. And I, towards the end of my career at 24-Hour Fitness, I really didn't take a lot of clients on. I mean, a majority of my time was spent on developing trainers. But I always kept a handful of clients. I probably train, you know, 20, 20 clients tops, most times probably like five uh, when I was a manager. And, you know, the way I went, and most of those were like long-term clients. I'd already changed their lives or, and they were easy to be honest. They weren't, I I wasn't taking hard cases on, but if I did take a new case on, I would want it to be someone that was challenging. And so my last client that I I took, uh, this young girl, and the reason why I took her was I, I really wanted to challenge myself. And she came in, I'll never forget when she came in and she signed up for the membership and she was uh, like biggest loser overweight and she was young. And when I sat down to meet her, one, I liked her personality right away. She had a, she had a great personality, great sense of humor, and she was very intelligent. She was, uh, she was a nurse. Uh, she had a sports medicine degree. So she had, a, uh, she had a higher formal education than I did in the field. So that I knew would already be a challenge. She was an athlete her entire life. Uh, she had been obese since she was in uh, sixth grade. So most all of her life, she's she's battled with weight and she's played sports. She's knowledgeable. She understands nutrition really well. And so I thought, okay, this is going to be uh, really tough for me to take on. And so I did take her on. And this was really, and we've you know, if you go way back to Mind Pump and we were talking about, because um, you know it wasn't but four or five years ago, did this this whole uh, you know metabolic damage thing was talked about? I mean, before that, nobody really talked mm-hmm. about it. It was a made up thing. They didn't believe it. Uh, nobody was discussing uh, metabolic damage. But this at, at this time in my career, I was I'd already started to piece this together that you know this was common. You get these clients that you know when they tell you that they're only eating two or three salads and a bagel a day and they're a hundred pounds overweight. This could be possible and. Before that, if I didn't believe that, I was on the science side of things that we didn't. There was no proof of this that it happened, and so most of these clients were probably lying. But at this point in my career, I now believe of what I've seen. I've seen enough of this. This person probably has a broken metabolism, and then how do I go about this? And long story short, I had her for uh, a few years, 
And, you know, we lost a hundred pounds, but it was a hell of a journey. You know, when I first got her, she was eating about 800 calories. She's eating about 800 calories. She was 280 pounds and she had a long, a long way to go. She was a nurse on her feet all day long. So she was moving a lot already. She was playing softball at the time in a league. And so it was, uh, it was very, very difficult for me to get her in a place to lose weight. And I had to first build trust with her that, I knew that I was I knew what I was doing and that we had to uh, fix her metabolism. I went to as far as I used to prepare her meals. Um, that was I wrapped in part of the the deal with uh, her purchasing sessions was also to pay me come in because she was at that point in her life. She's like Adam, I'll pay whatever. I I know I need help. I I feel like I understand nutrition. I know this. I know all these things, um, but I just can't seem to get the weight off. And no matter how hard I try. And we did. I, I cut her out of her. She was also running and doing shit like that. So I had to cut her running out. I had to look at her food first and we had to slowly build her calories up. And I had to, I brought her all the way from 800 over the course of the year, all the way up to 2,800 calories without running, without doing that. She was still doing like her softball leg and stuff like that. She was also moving at work a lot. And then I reversed her back from there. And then it was a slow cutting 250 to 500 calories out a day and then slowly adding more walking throughout to eventually to where I could let her jog and run. And we lost 100 pounds. And um, she's remained a a close friend of mine. And I've now seen her get married and have two kids. And it's been cool to see that somebody who was on that, you know, reaching, you know, getting super, super obese and that that could affect her hormonally and the fact that she may not be able to have children. And so to now see her in a place that's more comfortable and manageable, um, and her to be able to eat uh, two thousand plus calories and maintain her weight—that was a big success for me. And it was a it was a challenge for me because I knew that I was getting somebody who probably had already tried a lot of things and knew what the fuck they were doing. Helping somebody who's completely oblivious and doesn't know anything—I uh, found that to be pretty easy towards the end of my career. If you just pointed them in the right direction with a few things or changed a few things, you could get them to lose a ton of weight. Mm-hmm. But she was probably uh, one of my success stories that I was most proud of because it was one of the most challenging ones that I had to deal with. I think what's cool about the success stories, I'm thinking, and there's a lot of them that are going through my head, right? And mm-hmm. I'm thinking about how much they impacted me through the process. It's it's funny, as a trainer, you go in <laughs> thinking you're going to help people and you want to get people in shape and fit and healthy and all that stuff. But you don't realize how much you're going to get out of it yeah. yourself through that process, um, because you know if you do a good job, you'll be working with people for years, and there's a lot of personal growth that goes through that process, especially as you learn how to become more effective at helping people. And it and it, it takes a long time to really learn how to become better and better at what you do. But one one stands out to me for me. It was early, actually, one of my very first clients. This is when I was a, you know, for. For all intents and purposes, if I ever compare how I was then versus now, I was a terrible trainer. But I had a very strong passion for what I was doing, and uh, I also had a very strong passion for people. In fact, I used to tell uh, I used to tell people that my my true passion is people, and my favorite hobby is fitness. So I combined the two. And this is what this is. This was me when I first became a trainer. I was like, I love people. I know a little bit about fitness, and this is what I'm I'm going to try and do as good a job as I can uh, for you. So I'm 18 years old, just became a brand new trainer. And this uh, family comes in, and it was uh, mom and dad, little girl, and son. And the son was young kid. He was 13 years old, and he was obese. And they came into the gym. They weren't members. One of the sales guys took them on a tour. 
And then they brought me in to do what's called a TO. This is where my job now is to talk to them about personal training and see if I can get them to buy personal training on top of their membership. And by this point, I had established myself about two or three months into my career. Everybody's like, oh, you know, bring Sal in because he'll get them to buy personal training. So here I go. I sit down in front of his family and they're sitting there and the mom and dad are, are both obese. The son is overweight and shy and the daughter's just a little she's a little kid so she's not a, she's not interested it was really just for the parents and the and the son and the dad was kind of like uh he was kind of a dick like we're we're, we're I'm talking about, about fitness back and forth and you know he's looking at me and, and you know he's saying well we'll see you know I don't know if I want to buy him anything because we'll see if he uses it he's talking down to his son now keep in mind I'm an 18 year old kid but I had balls like this always I was very assertive so I'm sitting there looking at this guy I'm getting irritated because I can see this kid really getting insecure by the way his dad's talking about him. Mm. Like, he's not going to, you know, he needs to prove it to me and he's not going to do it. And, you know, I don't want to spend money on him and waste whatever. Snap. So I looked at him and I said, I said, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't remember. Was, I'm not going to use his last name. So I'll say Mr. Johnson. I said, I'm going to be honest with you, Mr. Johnson. The reason why your son, your 13-year-old son is dealing with all these weight issues is because of you. And he looks at me like, huh? I remember too, the sales guy sitting next to me was like, what the fuck are you doing, bro? You're going to lose my sale. And I looked at him and I said, this is, this is your fault. I said, he doesn't buy his food. And the examples that he follows are the examples that he watches by, from his parents. I said, that's what most kids learn from. And I said, right now you're making me feel terrible. And I looked at his son and I said, how do you feel about yourself right now? And he's looking down. I said, how do you feel when you hang out with your friends? And he goes, I don't have any friends. And the, little, the, the boy kind of started tearing up. And then the mom gives him a big hug. And the dad looks at me all angry. And I said, if you want to do something, do something right now. Make the choice. Get him a professional and put that in my hands. I'll take care of this. I'll make sure this happens. And so he did. He bought him a bunch of training and I started training his 13-year-old son. And the kid was so insecure when he first started with me. He'd come in. He'd look down. He would, he would be very shy when he'd talk. But and th- I talk about this all the time on the show about how why one of the reasons why I used to love to train kids was that you know fitness is such a clear black and white example of you put work in and you get a result Mm -hmm. and that translates to everything like if a kid comes in and i i have them do 10 push-ups today they come in next week and i do 12 push-ups i'm going to point it out to them i'm going to show them the chart last week you did 10 today you did 12 do you know what that means and you know no i don't know what that means you are not the same person you are fundamentally different person than you were last time biologically speaking you are not the same human being because you worked out you could do two more push-ups. You could not do that last week. And it just cl- for kids, it just fucking clicks. They're just like, whoa, like I'm changing? Like if I put this effort in, I get this out of it? And so this kid was just fucking loving it. Like I'm showing him, like, look what you can do now. Look what you did last week. Look at your improvement. And little by little, this kid would come in and just smile. Next thing you know, he's talking to people. Before you know it, he's like, fucking one of those members in the gym that everybody knows you know what i mean you come in everybody high five him hey what's up say hi to everybody became the super confident kid his mom would come in his grades are getting better he's making more friends completely transformed his kid's personality in the meantime lost 15 pounds building muscle i had gotten promoted to manager and then i had moved out to run another club um and kind of lost contact with him and you know years later he found me and the guy is a personal trainer. You know, he, he, he told me how much I changed his life, how much fitness changed his life. And um, it's just, it, I remember that because I remember it was the first time I had ever seen, because after that I saw that many times. I, I could see the, 
the impact that that if you apply real fitness and health, if you really teach someone to care about themselves, if you teach them to feel good about themselves, you show them what the, the work that they put in, what they can get out, and they actually value that, you, you see that happen time and time again. But that was my first time really witnessing that remarkable transformation, not just physically, because yeah, physically he lost 15 pounds, he looked different, but he became a different person on the inside, completely different. You wouldn't recognize this kid in a five-month period from a shy, insecure kid who was almost going to cry at the membership sales desk to five months later, high-fiving people, making jokes across the gym, and basically becoming this confident young man. And of course, like I said later on, telling me how it just impacted the rest of his life. So that's always going to stand out for me. Yeah. Now I have to follow that up. <laughs> Thanks a lot. <laughs> we lost 100 pounds. Yeah, this guy. Kids like, oh, let me one-up you here. Yeah, yeah. Justin's no, like, I increased this kid's vertical by like yeah, half an inch he's over He's in summer. the NBA now. Uh, and he pays me. Like, still, it's great. Um, yeah, no, I have a very similar story, but it's uh, this kid I have who was- well, You got a kid story, huh? Well, he's not a kid. I, I, I say kid like now that we're old, but he was, uh, he was in uh, community college at the time, hmm. so- um, you know, he, he was, he was, his whole thing was he wanted to, um, get into this college and to play rugby and to play this sport. And he kept applying to this school and, and his, his goal was to really get in and his grades just weren't good enough. And he was overweight and he, I mean, everything that you had mentioned, like not having friends, like. He just was coming to me in destitute. His parents were were with him and, and signed him up. And um, same situation where the the parents re- didn't reflect health at all. Like they were just you know they were obese themselves. Um, and this kid was like had found some success with with rugby and with playing sports in that there was like a position for him, like like almost like a lineman where like the big being big was, was worth something, right? Like this was a great place for him to, to start, you know, building community, but he had higher aspirations. He wanted to get better. And, uh, it was just great to work with him because, um, he came in with just like nothing but this self deprecating, like I'm, I'm terrible at everything. Like just this humble attitude of I'm, I'm completely your canvas, like, like teach me everything. And, you know, obviously that's easiest type of client to receive. Uh, I have many stories like Adam as well, where I've had the most difficult people on the planet yeah. that uh, have, have turned around and, and have become like lifelong friends. But um, this one stuck out just because I saw how that affected every single component of his life. Like it was so crazy to me to see changes in relationships. So not having friends, all of a sudden, like he would bring a friend to the workout and they'd kind of watch because the friend was really curious what he was doing and how confident like he was getting and how like, uh, so sooner or later I had an impact with his whole team, you know, in his community college. And then I'm talking to his team and everybody's kind of getting around it. And it became this sort of like community where we were all trying to lift this, this kid and, and get him into this college. And, uh, so, 
after training him over and over again, he's seen improvements and we're, we're getting more technical and I'm able to teach him more technical lifts. He's learning power cleans. He's learning, you know, snatch. He's, he's learning like deadlifts. And, you know, it took, it took almost a year to get to that point where I'm like, okay, let's start learning like higher skill stuff. And let's see how that translates for you on the field. And he would see that. And then their coach would ask me what I'm doing with him because the strength coach was really curious to see that how well he was performing. And so anyway, um, it just kept it just kept compiling. And then now he's 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 getting an interest with, you know, a girl. And so now he's got this girlfriend that's he's sort of bringing along. And then uh, and then he goes to file um, and apply again. And this is like. Uh, his second year in, in in junior college, and uh, and then he's just like real nervous, and he actually opened it with me. Oh, that's cool. And uh, and his parents, and so he got in and it got accepted, and so it was like this big deal. But anyway, so that was like very memorable for me. Isn't that? Don't you feel like you got in when you opened that? Yeah, I was just like, yeah. I mean, we had this like huge celebration. Yeah. It's yeah. you know, fitness is the ultimate uh, self improvement, the ultimate, and, and here's why. All, there's a lot of different ways you can improve on yourself, but they're all so complex. And I'm not saying fitness is easy because it's hard as hell. I'm saying it's simple. It's way more simple than other forms of self-help. Like if you really want to improve yourself, if you go get active and start watching your food intake and just start eating a little bit cleaner, you're going to see improvements and that's boom, result right away. Boom, result. And automatically it builds your confidence. Automatically it kind of changes who you are. It's the ultimate self-help. This is why I love fitness so much because I can talk about it and help people. I can get to people. Look, at, imagine trying to talk to someone about self-help, but not through fitness. Like, hey man, let me help you out with your life. And you start to be like, fuck you. I'm not listening to you. Yeah. But if you can say, hey, I can help you There's get in shape and make you stronger. Out there. Yeah. It, it, it's motivational. It, you're right. But fitness, I think is the ultimate way to do it. I had, I had one, this one lady, I had a, believe it or not, I have a client who a Stanford study was uh, created uh, around, believe it or not. Wow. So I had a lady who came to me. She's a She was a, a professor, a college professor. Are you going to go into another story? No, I got to tell you, this is a short one. <laughs> I was going to say, bro, we're going to do this all day long. No, man. no, this is a short one. This is really cool. She came to me because <laughs> she had o- me, osteopenia, man. which is before osteoporosis, and she had uh, low, blood re- uh, low red blood cell count, so low that they thought she had leukemia uh, years ago, and they thought she would die. But she didn't die, but she had this weird condition where her red blood cells were low and they were doing all these treatments on her and she'd get these, she'd suffer from these bouts of severe cold where her body couldn't warm up and she'd be fatigued and they didn't know what the fuck it was and it would slowly go lower and lower and she wasn't dying for some reason. They couldn't figure out why she wasn't dying, but she obviously wasn't doing well. So she hired me as a trainer and I thought, I bet you this will improve your red blood cell because bone marrow you know, produces that. Bones get stronger from lifting weights. We're going to definitely strengthen your, your osteopenia. I bet it's going to help. And sure enough, everything started to reverse. And her doctors at Stanford called me and asked me what I was doing. And they created this whole study around her because her condition was so rare and how weight training had started to reverse it. Oh, wow. It was really, fr- yeah, really, really freaking rad. Wow. Yeah. But anyway, look, if you go to mindpumpfree.com, you can download some of our free fitness guides. Uh, we have quite a few on there. They're all totally free, and you can download all of them, and they cost you zero, they cost you nothing. You can also look up our personal social media Instagram pages. We all have our own unique content if you want to learn more about us individually or you want to learn more about the things we like to talk about in regards to fitness. Just check us out. My page is Mind Pump Sal. 
Adam is Mind Pump Adam, and Justin is Mind Pump Justin. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump.